Buenos dias. That's about all I got. <laughs> and, and we can find probably find the restroom, but uh, anything beyond that, we're in trouble. So and water. We got water. Yeah, we got water. Agua. So, um, as many of you know, I really hate being up here. So um, we'll see what what happens. This. Um, so this this year, there was actually eleven of us that had signed up to go, and uh, ten of us actually went the day we were four, we were supposed to fly out. Um, Jim um, came down with pneumonia, so he wasn't able to go. So there was a total of 10 of us, and this was Ross's first, first trip, and I absolutely hate this thing. But, um, so, tell us what you think <laughs> while, I, while I work on this. Well, yeah, like you said, this was my first missions trip. It was a very uh, humbling experience, uh, made me feel very guilty sometimes, especially seeing how these people lived to compare to how we live. I mean, how great we have to have going to the bathroom, running water, shower, food, typical hygiene that we take for granted that they struggle to have. Uh, very moving, very uh, enlightening to know that Christ is in Guatemala. He's slowly but surely spreading, but he's, he's there. Um, very heavy Catholic, very heavy Catholic. Um, it just, it was a really surprising and eye-opening to see who you saw that were a believer of Christ, how open they were to us, and other ones that weren't really believers who kind of said that they were, kind of shut us down quick, or they kind of went through the motions on saying, oh yeah, I know, I know that, this, that, and the other, and it was kind of a quick meeting and gone, but well, yeah, it was uh, definitely an awesome trip. Love to go again because uh, Christ is definitely calling for us to come back. Okay, I think we're good now. Uh, so the last time, if you guys remember, the last time um, we were supposed to go down and fly out of Richmond, we actually drove to Atlanta to fly out of Richmond. So this year, at least the trip was um, uneventful. Um, we were able to fly out of Richmond, get over there, land, and the very first day, um, when we landed, we were able to meet with all the families that we'd worked with in the past. Um, reason we did that, because uh, we were heading out to Chiquimula this year, which was about, what, a five-hour five hour drive, and we almost died a couple times, but it's okay. Um, but the, the night before, we were able to meet with probably six or seven families uh, that we'd done work with in the past, because we always tell them that, look, when we come back, we're going to come back and see you, we're not just doing something and forgetting about you and moving on to the next person. We, you know, we want to establish those relationships and actually be able to come back and see how God is working in their lives as well as see how things are going in the neighborhoods and the communities. And um, we actually were invited to the girl, the family that we worked with last year. Her daughter is graduating next year, and she actually invited us to come back to her graduation. And she, even though they live in a dump community, um, she wants to come to the States and study accounting. Um, she's very smart and um, wants to work for, you know, she, she knows that she can uh, better her life by um, coming to the States, um, going to college here, and getting a job. But her mom actually walks her, it takes about six hours of her, her mom's day to walk her to school and back home because they can't afford the money for the bus ticket, which is probably four to five dollars a day to, 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 to get to school. And um, 
So we, we met with them that first night and uh, stayed in Sateca, where we usually stay, which is a seminary school in Guatemala City. And got up the next morning, what, six, six o'clock. Ross had his first adventure with some really good beans and rice and plantain and all that good stuff. And I did not eat the cereal because it was warm milk. Warm milk, yeah. yes. Everything is with warm milk. Cold is not an option, so um, we broke them in right with some eggs and salsa and all that good stuff mixed together. So glad it was only a five to six hour ride because, yeah. But needless to say, 11, 10 guys, you know, in a van, 11 guys, including the driver, it makes for a good old time. So uh, we leave Sunday morning. We actually get to Chikimula and um, have a meeting in their um, one of their community centers there. Um, in town where they've actually established, went out into the, the villages and um, kind of got a feel for where the poverty-stricken areas are. Um, Chikimula is a very poverty-stricken area. Um, actually, they say it's actually worse than Guatemala City in the city. Um, and after, after that meeting, we went straight to work, met with the families, and it was literally, you drive through an asphalt road and drop off a hillside and you're just like, I don't know where this is going to lead, but we're going to find something. And before you knew it, we showed up to a house and rolled the first family, first guys out of the van because um, we actually did two of those um, hygiene combos that you saw, which was basically it was a sink, a water filtration system, a stove, a shower, and the other side was actually a toilet and all running water to this thing because before – their shower was literally four posts, a tarp, and just buckets of water they would dump on their, their head. No toilet um, at all, really not much of a stove. If they had a stove, it was um, no ventilation or anything like that, so the smoke was just rolling all in their face while she was cooking. So uh, we just drop the first guys off. They roll out of the van. Um, we drive on through this village. We get to our family, and... Um, who really, we didn't even know who we were working with because the family we were supposed to do it for, um, something happened and it had to make a change at the last minute. Um, so we roll up to this house and uh, it's mom, dad, two, three kids, and uh, her daughter, daughter lives next door, um, 15? 15 and a three-year-old, okay? 15 years old and has a three-year-old. Um, and uh, so we, we just have a meeting, and then uh, we start, start doing our plaster work, um, which they've kind of got the, the concrete part of it is up when we get there. Um, so we've got a plaster that day, and uh, so we get all the plaster on this whole building so we can start painting and uh, doing the concrete work the next day. So um, day two begins, and we've got all the plaster work done. Um, we, we start doing the painting, and then... Concrete shows up. Well, concrete truck, con no, concrete truck did not show up. Um, a pile of gravel, a pile of more gravel, a pile of sand, um, and some water that showed up in all these buckets we carried. So um, I'm going to let Ross tell you about the his experience with the concrete. Um, so, yeah, go for it. So pretty much uh, you take the, the large rock, fill up three wheelbarrow pulls, make one pile. Take the smaller rock, three barrel pulls. Three barrel, wheelbarrow full, uh, three wheelbarrow fulls. Then you dump it over in the same pile. Then you start mixing it. You take shovel full, you make one pile. Once you get everyone one pile, you make one big pile. You take that other big pile, you make another big pile. That's how you mix it. And then when um, 
when it's all said and done, you make a trough, and you put the water in it, and you try to make sure that the water doesn't overflow. You take it, start mixing it, and that's how you mix concrete. And we did that too many times. Yeah. Yeah. Too many times. Yeah, it was a yeah, it was, uh, hard work. And it's, it's really funny because they give us a mason to help us. But um, every time the concrete shows up, the mason's just kind of leaning over here yeah. like, hey, boys, mix this stuff up over here. So it's kind of really funny. But, uh, but we got it done, yeah. and uh, then we towed it in five-gallon buckets down yeah. the hillside and dump it into the, dump it into the place. So, there, yeah. so that worked. Um, so we get the concrete done and uh, get everything painted, and uh, that kind of ends that day. So we go back to the hotel. And what happens that night? I think that was what Monday. The Brahma Bull. Oh, yeah, the Brahma So Bull. we're staying at this hotel. Yeah. It's really funny. Uh, we're staying at this hotel. It's got, a, it's got a swimming pool. First time we've ever stayed out here. And just kind of laying in the bed. We're all tired. And I get this knock. Hey, you got to come out here and see this. I'm like, what do I got? It's like 10 yeah. o'clock at night. Why are you? What's, what's, what's going on? So I go out there, and this huge Brahma Bull has wandered through the field. And he's now drinking out of the swimming pool. Yeah. And he has this little lamb that's like behind him, like, you know, following him in his footsteps. And Ross is like, I'm going to go pet the bull. I'm like, you're what? You're not going to go pet the He walks downstairs, and we're all like taking bets. And one guy's like, oh, I'll knock the bull in the pool. And I'm like, yeah, right. You ain't going to move this bull. He's like 2,000 pounds, huge bull. Yeah, so he goes down, and he starts like petting the bull on the head. I'm like, Mr. Bull Whisperer over here. So, so every night this bull would show up. And so needless to say, nobody hit the swimming pool because who knows what was in the swimming yeah. pool. But, uh, but, yeah, it was really funny. So um, see a big, huge bull and this little lamb like, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go, you know, following this bull around. So it was really funny. Um, so day three, uh, we go back, we finish our painting, um, which is kind of standard. And, you know, every morning we, when we meet with the families, we have a, uh, a devotion with the families. Um, you know, share with them, uh, get to know, like, the neighbors. And this year was really different from working in the city because in the city, it's like a whole street you just walk down, and it's just like, you know, house, 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 house. Here it's house and no other house for 100 yards. I mean, it's just more uh, deserty, uh, mountainy, very you know, rural. very hot, yeah. very hot, so, um, and rural. So um, that made it a little different this year. Um, being able to share with other other folks, but there was always people walking down, like, "Hey, what's going on?" You know, and we'd get the opportunity to share with them. But after after uh, the painting that morning, we do the prayer visits, and this is where jump in. Oh yeah, all right. Um, so what we did after we did the work day, we actually went to the cafeteria where we ate lunch every day that week, and um, I think it was Tuesday and Thursdays when we did prayer visits and. After we ate lunch, we would make these little goodie bags, and pretty much it was just hygiene stuff, food, and a bottle. And uh, when we went to the prayer visits, uh, people were very welcoming to us. They were very open arms. I don't know if it was because we were sharing the gospel or they were just getting a bunch of free stuff. But uh, the first family, uh, it, was, it was nice. I mean, I was very hesitant the first time going, doing the prayer visits, because I'm kind of a shy guy to spread the gospel and this was definitely getting my feet wet to to do that so um Isaac and another guy with us Steve they were kind of just leading the whole prayer visit that whole day and uh it was really really wild to see how most of these families had maybe four or five kids and no father around most of the time they were either working or there was no father period and uh 
the when we went to the school, there were a lot of kids around, and went through the prayer visits, we actually saw some of the kids and the families that we saw and met. And uh, it was amazing that the kids knew Christ, but the parents didn't. They heard of it, but they just they weren't believers. And uh, the kids were able to read fairly okay. I mean, these are like second, third graders, so they're not like full-blown vocabulary. But uh, we were telling them that if you can make it a mission to read the Bible to your parents, just a little bit, a little scripture every night, just so that they can hear the gospel, and hopefully that would be a light to have them be accepting to Christ. Um, it was really, really eye-opening. Um, the, the first prayer visit, it was kind of cut and dry. I mean, but the second one was, was good also. I mean, these people lived in, like, slums. I mean, it, I mean the smell was pretty bad. Um, the, the third house we went to, the, um, the lady was very welcoming. You can tell that she had Christ somewhat in her life. Well, when we went to come and talk to her about it, uh, she believed in Christ, but then she kind of fell off, I guess you could, the wagon. And uh, she was a little hesitant. She didn't know if she was going to heaven or hell. So um, she was actually able to become a born-again believer. And uh, that was really, really moving. That really helped me overcome my hump of sharing the gospel because I just saw just the emotion in the room and just how it pretty much lit up the room. It was just really, really uplifting to me. Um, I mean, do you just want to keep on rolling? Keep going. Okay. Um, well, on Thursday, we did the same thing, did the care packages and everything. And uh, we went to this uh, first house. <clears throat> and I want to say it was, what, four Four families living in one 19 people yeah one house I mean it was it was a lot uh, the kids were very happy to see us because Steve was always giving out candy so and when they were done with candy they will always ask for more but um, the kids were very great uh, the family for that one was a little kind of cut and dry I mean they they kind of knew a little bit about Christ but they weren't a, a firm believer of it um, and uh, the second house we went to was, um, what was it? We had, I think it was a brother, sister, and neighbor, something like that, all lived in the, the same house. And um, it was funny because there was this guy, I think his name was Jose, and he was literally picking algae out of his net that he used to catch fish. And uh, the whole time, I mean, he's like in the corner, didn't want nothing to do with the conversation when we were talking about Christ. And sure enough, the conversation turned to him. And uh, he was, uh, he wasn't a believer, that, that, that's a fact. Um, he, uh, he was saying that, uh, it's okay, I'm right with God, I, I feel like I'm okay, and everything like that. And we were asking him, I mean, do you know who Jesus is? And he was like saying, well, Jesus, God, I know they're the same people, but, I mean, I feel like I'm saved and everything. And we were trying to tell him this, that, I mean, that's not exactly the correct way of getting to heaven. And, I mean, he was shutting us down. Um, even like the family that was there, they said that they believed in Christ, but you look through the window and you see Virgin Mary statue, big statue in their house. So um, it, was, it was very disheartening seeing people not accept Christ, but I mean, all we are here to do is just to cast the seed out. And if they want to accept it, that's great. I mean, once we cast that seed out, God takes care of the rest. So, I mean, it's, it was very great. Uh, I remember one of the prayer verses I did, I was like, you know what, I want to try to take the lead on this one. And before even saying, like, hey, how are you doing? How's, like, 
How's everyone here? I just went straight to it. Do you know he John Wayne? Yeah, he just, kicked the door in on that thing yeah. when he got there. Yeah, and I said, yeah, do you know Christ? And they were like, whoa, 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 whoa. How would you ask him? He didn't how even are say they? hello. Yeah. He was <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah, I kind of shot from the hip a little. Heaven or hell? Yeah, a little, so. little too quick on that one. But it was definitely a fun experience. I'll, like I said, I definitely would love to go back again because – Christ is there in Chikimula, Guam City. I mean, there's just, like you were saying, this hygiene stations, there were definitely a light. People were coming up saying, like, what, how, how do you get that right there? How, how do you get this hygiene station? How do they do that whole process? And I said, well, I mean, they're firm believers in Christ. And, I mean, we were asking, that's a great conversation to start to ask them if they were believing in Christ. And 90% of them said no. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that, like I said, I mean, they could be a light in the community. People could take it. They could all become believers. It just, it's, like I said, we're just throwing that seed out for them. Yeah, no. <clears throat> what we're also saying is um, a lot of the families there, they've got, they mix other things in with their beliefs, kind of like Africa. You know, it's, I believe this, but also this, 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 and this. And um, we've got to kind of decipher through um, you know, what they believe and what they don't believe. And, um, you know, we spend a lot of time sharing with them. And um, it's a lot of kids, a lot of the families dropped out second grade, third grade education. Um, the, the, the daughter that was 15 with the three-year-old, uh, she dropped out in first or second grade of school. Um, families can't read. There was another lady uh, that we talked to at the school um, reason we were working at the school is because putting that wall up, if you, if you saw in the, in the video, that cars were literally driving through the school, through their playground. And, you know, the kids would be out there playing, cars, cars come rolling through. And um, so they had to put something up to stop the folks from driving through there. And uh, so they, we built this wall, and, um, you know, there's 100, probably 125 kids um, at this school um, and we were able to, like all their parents came out, we were able to share with them um, the first day that we were there. Um, we were able to speak through to the kids, you know, be able to spend time with them, sharing with them. And it was funny that a lot of the people that were at the school, we were able to, again, speak to on, on the prayer visits that we, that we went on. And, and the way this is, uh, you know, set up, they, we just don't go in there and hand them something. Um, you know, we just use, we use these hygiene things as an excuse to get us there. You know, we're going to share the gospel, but we just use that, the, the, the building part of it as an excuse to go. Like, oh, let's go build something, but that's not a reason for being here. And, and they're very aware of that, that our reason for coming is to share the gospel. Um, you know, yes, it's nice to give them something, but that, that hygiene station is just temporary. You know, we, we go to share with them something that'll make an eternal difference. And um, a lot of the... Uh, the, the folks at Potter's House actually go through, they've got like a chart of eight forms of poverty that they actually go through. And their number one, their number one is spiritual poverty. They figured out if they, can, if they can get into the spiritual side of these folks, get them on the right track, you know, make, you know get them to become believers, share with them, um, walk alongside them, then the rest of their situation will hopefully improve but it all starts with God and getting them to become believers in Christ. And, um, and from that, they'll, they'll work with them to, you know, on the intellectual side, the, um, you know, to help them start businesses, to, you know, help them try to better their lives. But, you know, a lot of them are, they're very happy. Um, what they're, I mean, we, we go there thinking, you know, hey, this is 
like this is crazy that they, they can live like this, but they're completely happy in what they're living in because I guess that's kind of what they've grown up in. Um, they're used to it, and, and they're just content with what they have. So, um, again, like I said, the main reason we go is to, is to share the gospel with these folks, and we probably had the opportunity to um, share with probably about 100 and, 100 and some kids, 150 kids at the schools, and um, there was, I think, six, um, six different folks that uh, became believers while we were there. Um, through the prayer visits that we were able to share with um, as well. But on the, uh, on the last day, we all, we all had the opportunity to, to go back to the school and basically say goodbye, you know, spend some time with the kids. And, uh, and they pulled all the kids out of school and they made them line up. And, I mean, it's like night and day difference. Like the kids were straight lines, standing there quietly listening. If, <laughs> I have a feeling if we tried that here, it would be chaos, you know, in, in the school systems we had here, but they were so in tune to what we had to say. I mean, they literally stood there and let all, all 10 of us pretty much say something. And um, what we left them with, we, we went into the book of John. And uh, if you guys have your Bibles, we'll, we'll read that. John chapter 6, um, we'll read pretty much 1 through, uh, 1 through 15. Um, and it says, After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. <clears throat> Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand, and lifting up his eyes, then, and seeing what, that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? And he said, he said this to test him, for himself knew what he would do. And Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii, worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in this place, so the men sat down, about five thousand in number, and Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told the disciples, Gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign he had done, they said, This is indeed the prophet who has come into the world. Perceiving, that then, perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king of Jews, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. Um, we'll look at, uh, we'll start in verse, uh, verse 5 of this. this um, it's kind of funny. You've got this whole crowd of folks following Jesus, and, uh, and these people are hungry, kind of probably like some of us right now. It's getting close to lunchtime, and we're going to wrap this up soon. But uh, verse 5, it said that Jesus, he tested Philip to see how he would respond. He said, um, he said lifting up his eyes and seeing, he said, where, where are we going to buy bread? Knowing that, that Philip's like, um, Kroger, they're sold out. It's way too much money. We, there's nothing going to happen. But we kind of knew what he was going to do. So uh, that, that was just a test to him. But in verse, um, verse 8, Andrew stepped up and said that, hey, there's a boy over here who has five loaves and two fishes. So they were true, um, this is true American, because we can't do anything without a side dinner roll. So if you look about this, we've got two fish sandwiches and a side of roll for dinner. So... 
five loaves, two fishes, two fish sandwiches, and a piece of bread on the side. That's the way I look at it. So uh, not, not too much, but he was going to eat all right. But Jesus told him, he said, you know what, go, go get this, you know, pick it up from the boy. And uh, he said, have the people sit down. So there was 5,000 of them. That was just the men. So there could be in 15, 20, counting the, the women, the children. Um, and he told him, he said, sit down. So look at your neighbor and say, sit down, sit down, sit down. Sit down, sit down. So he told the people, he said, sit down. And he took, the, he took what he had, uh, the five loaves and the two fish, and he blessed it. And, um, and they ate till they were full. It's not like they had a snack. These people, done. they rolled up into Golden Corral and had a bread and fish throwdown. I mean, they ate till they were full. And literally, what you have is 12 baskets left over. These guys ate until they were full. And that's what we, what we left these kids. You know, these little kids they can make a difference. You know, they're like, you know what, we're just, we're just little, we can't do much. You know, there's not a lot we can do. But these kids are the kids that are in school, they're studying, and that's what we left them with. We said, you know what, you may be small, but I mean, this boy had five loaves of bread and two fish, but once God got a hold of it, look what he did with it. And that's what we left, uh, we left with these, these kids at the school, and even the teachers, like, you know what, you may think that you're in a place that you don't have a lot, you don't have a lot of resources, you can't do much, but give what you have to God, let him bless it, let him get a hold of it, and leave the results to him and see what he can do with it. And a lot of times we're, you know, we're like, uh, we're like Philip. We try to figure out, well, if we need to, you know, spend some money. It's going to cost too much to do this, too much to do that. You know, I don't have a lot. But you know what? Give, give what we have to God and let him use it. We all have something we can give. You know, we all have a talent of, of some sort. So a lot of times, you know, we just, we think that we're too small. But you know what? We all can do something, you know. Um, just kind of like going on these trips, you know. I'm, I'm scared to share. I'm scared to do, you know, whatever the case may be. You know, I'm afraid to speak. But you know what? Go and just be willing to give what you have. And when God gets a hold of you, the results are his. He can, he's the one that can, can do more than we can ever do with what we have. Um, so I want to I thank you guys for just praying for us while we were going. Those of you that gave, um, thank you for that and uh, the prayers. Um, they were definitely, uh, we felt them while we were there. I mean, there was a lot of times that we saw God do things that only he could do. You know, we looked at something, we're like, there's no way, especially when we were digging those holes in that bedrock. bedrock. Yes, we probably hit gold a couple times. But it was some hard ground. And you know what? There was days that we wanted to quit, but we just, we kept going. We kept sharing. And, um, and one of the things that we talked about at nighttime, um, you know, we'd sit together and we'd uh, kind of unwind um, it was a little different because we had to go, you know, back to this, this basically hospital for dinner. So it was not like we were sitting in one place in the evenings. Um, but the nights that we got to get together and share, um, just one of the, one of the thoughts um, from, from what I, that I wrote down is, was, our love for God and sharing the gospel should far outweigh our fear of sharing the gospel. You know, our love for Him and our desire to, to share should far outweigh our fear of actually sharing. You know, a lot of times we get scared. You know, we're scared to talk to people here, but, um, you know, our, our love for him should far outweigh our fear, and we should be willing to go out there and, and share the gospel. So, um, again, thank you guys for letting us share with you um, this morning, and uh, that pretty much wraps us up. Unless you have anything you want to say, if anybody has any questions um, on anything, we'll try to answer them.
Right. So the children, they're learning about Jesus Christ at school. Yeah, yeah. Yep, we, uh, Potter's House actually works with them, and they'll actually let us come in, share the gospel, um, speak to them. And actually, when we were sharing this, um, one of the teachers, he was, he was nodding, and he came up and talked to us at the end. And he said, you know what, I just told that same story to my kids in his class. Um, so that, that's why he was, he was really thrilled. And he's, he's actually one of, the, one of the principals, so they're trying to, they're trying to pour into these kids because the parents are so far, you know, from having any form of reading or anything like that, that it's literally a lot of the times the kids are the ones that have to actually have to read. Because we'll ask them, they're like, I, I can't read, or just very little. Yeah, yep. And I will tell you, the lady, our lady that we work with, she was so excited to have a stove um, when we finished. Um, we had to cut the hole in the roof for the stovepipe. And she literally, she had a fire going in that thing before we got the, the, the vent pipe cut through the roof. So I'm pretty sure I don't even know if the cement set up around it once, he got, once we put it in there. Because, I mean, she was already, smoke was rolling out of her and she was cooking. So, um, and the other one, the guy, the, uh, you, you probably missed it in the picture. And it took me a second to actually see it. But when he would actually, when he would actually go up to work on it or, or you know, to, to cook or anything, he'd actually take his shoes off to get on it because he didn't want to get it dirty or anything like that. He was just so thrilled and happy um, to have something. And um, so, yeah, it was definitely a, a great, a great time. And, uh, you know, we saying, saw God move in mighty, mighty ways. And I don't know if we'll end up in Chickamauga next year or back in the, back in the city, um, in the dump area, but uh, uh, they are, they're going again. And, uh, you know, we told them that, look, if we come back, we'll, we'll see you guys again and continue our relationships. So. Village. So, yep, so that wraps us up. So thank you guys for, for listening.